simplest explanation is the one you've already given, yeah. which is if the rever- the races were reversed here, the media would be That's all sure. over yeah. this a hundred percent. And and the right wing understands this, and this is why they don't trust the media. Yeah, John Ziegler, thank you, appreciate it. That does it for us tonight. Thanks for watching. Banfield starts now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm going to give you, you know, a sweeping admission right off the top. I tested positive for COVID today and I feel awful. Um, But I wanted to do this program tonight because this was really important to me. Last night, if you were watching, I sort of, uh, I just blew my mind um, on that. Dan was just talking about the cyclist who was slammed, this innocent man, slammed from behind and murdered. We have breaking news tonight, and I wanted to bring it to you because they caught the second guy. They caught him, and he's a teenager too. They caught that passenger who laughed as an innocent cyclist was murdered, as his pal in the driver's seat sped up to him and slammed into him with their stolen car, one of, one of four stolen cars that night. Vegas police announcing this just within the last few hours. This is a News Nation exclusive and breaking news tonight. And yes, he is another teenager, just like the alleged driver that took him out. The guy who was caught yesterday, the 17-year-old who was caught yesterday. As it turns out, here's some more breaking news. They're so lucky that we are not talking about a double murder. Double murder. You heard me right, because the police said this pair had just done it to someone else. They had just done it to another cyclist right beforehand. And thank Jesus that guy survived. Thank Jesus he survived. The murder victim's daughter spoke just a few hours ago. The DA spoke about this just a few hours ago. And we've got news about some very, very adult plans for these two. What do I call them? What do I call them? Because I have teens and these Two aren't anything like my teens or any other teen I know. But life for these two, it is over as they knew it. It is over as they knew it. I'm going to give you all the details in a moment. You're going to hear the daughter. She just talked. Boy, what a, she's got such composure. More than me. Um, I also have another story for you tonight. Uh, Tatiana Remley, the beautiful equestrian, that woman who was charged with allegedly putting out a $2 million hit on her super rich husband. Beyond all the mansions and the cars and the horses and, you know, everything, this couple had a pretty rollicking sex life, too. And we saw some of it on camera in the Showtime series Naked Sanctum. And tonight, the owner of that sex club, Naked Sanctum, is going to join me on what these two were like. What she, in particular, was like before she became uh, a murder-for-hire defendant. Um, He has a extremely R-rated observation of Tatiana Remley and um, an observation of Mark, too, what they were like. They took their masks off for that doc. The owner of the club knew them. All right, let's start with the breaking news out of Vegas. They got him. They caught the sick and twisted teenager who sat in that passenger seat laughing and filming as his 17-year-old pal in the driver's seat rammed the stolen car into an innocent man on a bicycle, killing him. Not only did the teenager laugh, 
He also egged on his pal, the driver, using the words, hit his ass. That's what you call intentional. That's not an accident. Hit his ass. And then he shared the video that he made, which is the second dumbest thing he's ever done in what will prove to be a short life. Not the life you know. Not the life that I know. The viral video got out. And now he and the driver are both locked up at the Los Angeles Juvenile Hall in Clark County. And they are both minors. And the crime is even worse than we originally thought. They were lucky. They were lucky that right now they're just facing double murder. Or that they're facing single murder and likely adult. Because it could have been double adult murder. Could have been triple murder. Because the killer crime spree took out a couple other victims before killing Andreas Probst. Andy. Andy Probst. That's his name. That's what his friends and family call him. That's how they want him remembered. Andy, former police chief who was just out for a peaceful 6 a.m. bike ride. And those teens allegedly stole several cars that night. Four! Four! And they hit several people, including another cyclist and another motorist, before killing Andy. And they were laughing all the way. You're about to hear from authorities who tracked these thugs down and the DA who intends to charge these teenagers with a very, very adult set of murder charges. Maybe even attempted murder, too. I'm banking on that because I heard a little hint during the news conference. Attempted murder for the cyclist who didn't die. As a reminder of the callous disregard, the depravity the disregard for innocent life involved in this crime in a video that went viral because those boys shared it at high school. You're about to see how they behaved in the car that morning as Andy Probst just went for his bike ride at 6 a.m. August 14th. And I will warn you, as Dan Abrams warned you before, this is a man being fatally injured. This is a man being murdered. You won't see any blood, but you do need to hear how these teenagers reacted to this callous murder before you make a judgment on whether they should be charged as teens or adults. Here's your warning. Let's play the video. All right, go. You can't be moving. Last thing they said, what's the address? We got to get out of here. Last thing they said, and Andy Probst, 64 years old, a retired police chief from California with 35 years of service to his fellow citizens who put his life in danger on his job every one of those days of those 35 years. He leaves behind those sweet people, loving wife and kids. 
I want you to hear from the deputy chief of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department just a few hours ago. A cowardly act that in my 22 years of law enforcement left me personally appalled. Two juveniles joyriding in a car intentionally hitting and killing an innocent man who was riding a bicycle and leaving him for dead along the side of a road. While the first suspect, the driver of that car, was arrested on the day of this tragic incident on August 14th, our detectives have been working relentlessly to identify and arrest the second suspect, who was the passenger for the murder of Andreas Probes. Hours ago, we arrested that second suspect. AKA, they got him. And we've learned a couple more things that we didn't know before that news conference just a few hours ago. The other cyclist who the teens rammed with a stolen car, 72 years old, a man, hit about a half hour before Andy Probst was killed. Luckily, that man did not die. He was injured, but he was mostly shaken up, thank God. After ramming that victim, the teenagers decided to switch seats. And the driver who hit that 72-year-old man switched into the passenger seat so that he could film the next one before his pal rammed into Andy. So they each got to ram a cyclist. One died, which is murder. The other one, I don't know, I'm, I'm a betting woman. I say attempted murder. Let's get to Caitlin Becker right now. She's a senior reporter with Daily Mail. Uh, Caitlin, they did not name names. Uh, they didn't even say how old the second one is. They said 17 for the one yesterday. They got the driver yesterday. Today, uh, it was amazing how they got him. Can you walk through the details of how a school resource officer was instrumental in catching this passenger? Well, Ashley, it turns out the video was shared somehow around school. I don't know how many people got it. I don't know how many people saw it. But one student was smart enough and brave enough to take the video to a school resource officer who viewed it, clearly saw what we've all seen, something horrific, and immediately contacted the authorities. And then the authorities were able to sort of work around the area and the people in this orbit of the driver that they already you know, knew of and were able to discern who that second passenger was and the driver in the earlier hit and run, because as you said, they sort of switched spots. And yes, they were wearing masks, but they said that the actual, what you're looking at right here, the kid in the balaclava here, fled the scene when they actually found the initial driver. And so they were able to see sort of what he was wearing and some tattoos and some sort of identifiable features that when they executed a search warrant on this kid's house, they found clothes that were able to connect him back to the crime, as well as looking at other surveillance videos to be able to connect this particular person back to the crime. But as you said, they had not named names, but I expect those to be coming soon. Yeah, me too. I expect them to be charged as adults. That we're gonna, uh, you're gonna hear from the uh, DA in a moment of Clark County, who was pretty damn clear how it works in his county. In the meantime, I just want to touch base on what you said, because the detail was so delicious. When they fled from their fourth stolen car and their third hit and run, uh, the clothes and the tattoos that that passenger with the orange balaclava had, those were recorded on surveillance video out there on the street. And so when they executed the warrant at his house, they found the clothes, they saw the tattoos, they were able to make the positive ID on that guy. So mask schmask, those police officers in good old-fashioned gumshoe work caught him. Um, I want to just play, if I can, Caitlin, uh, 
Andy's daughter, Taylor Probst, uh, spoke at the news conference just a few hours ago. I mean, the waterworks, uh, for me, were pretty profound, but she was so stoic mm-hmm. talking about her dad and also talking about what she wants to see culturally. Because I know there's a lot of politics that are playing into this. Uh, Right-leaning media running this, left-leaning media not running it. People claiming that it's because of race. Maybe they're saying the coverage is because of race. Maybe they're saying the hit. That's not what we're saying. Uh, But I want you to hear what uh, Taylor had to say about it. Take a listen. Andy's life was robbed by two individuals who did not believe that lives of others matter. We believe that Andy's murder is a direct result of society's decayed family values and the strong effects that social media has on our youth. We as a family in no way feel that Andy's murder was based on race or profession. It was a random act of violence. We ask you to not politicize or use Andy's murder to fuel political agendas or to create cultural wars. Uh, It was so important what she said, that this is the result of decayed family values and the strong effects that social media has on our youth. Uh, Do we know about anything more about the other victims? And and when I say that, I mean the 72-year-old cyclist who was hit a half hour before and survived, and then the motorist in the white Toyota Corolla who was hit, I mean, literally, they were doing a pit maneuver on him just seconds before they went and killed Andy Probst. How are those people doing? Thankfully, Ashley, they're doing well. They're both pretty much unharmed. The motorist who was driving the Corolla was basically just kind of shaken up from the impact of getting jostled by the other car. That was the extent of you know his apparent injuries. There really were none. And as for the 72-year-old, he was more shaken up than anything else, but didn't actually have to go to the hospital, was checked out on scene, and was able to sort of go home. But I think what is crucial here is these two individuals are going to be the key witnesses for once this case goes to trial. They were both victims, but came out unscathed and were able to see exactly what happened and are able to tell a jury exactly how this went down as if they needed it on top of this incredibly damning video. I mean, I don't think I've ever covered a case that I would consider open and shut, but this I think is the one. Yeah. Hey, real quickly, i got 10 seconds left. Do we know if these kids are being held in isolation in the Clark County Juvenile Detention Center because of the um, notoriety that they are probably receiving because of this murder? We don't know a lot about what's going on with these two. Since they are considered legally juveniles in this case, the police department is not letting any sort of information go. And I do think all of that is going to change the second these things are upgraded. Once they're considered adults, we're going to find out where they're being held, how they're being held, what their names are, what their family life is like. We're really going to be able to kind of do a deep dive into who these individuals were. Yeah, and we're going to have a deep dive into what they're facing. Caitlin Becker, thank you for all the reporting. Really appreciate it. Uh, And some of the answers that we want to get right now uh, could come from Dave Ehrenberg because he's the state attorney for Palm Beach County, and he knows a thing or two about how to prosecute prosecute kids. So, Dave, pardon my voice. I tested positive for COVID. I'm alone in a studio, so no one is around me. I just want to tell that to viewers who may have joined. Um, I heard the DA talking about adult charges in the system. I also heard one of the investigators say attempted murder. I want to get your take on everything. Well, Ashley, first off, please get well soon. And secondly, 
I do expect the adult charges to stem from this. The driver was 17 years old. To be an adult under the law, you'd be 18, but the prosecutors have the opportunity and the discretion to charge juveniles as adults in certain cases. And when you commit a heinous, uh, depraved act like this at the age of 17, yeah, you are almost certainly going to be charged as an adult. And as far as the passenger, same, I would say, although we don't know his age yet, assuming he is 16 or 17, yeah, you can count on both of them to be charged as adults. And as far as attempted murder, it is possible. We don't know all the facts about the first bicyclist. This is the first I heard about it was just on your show just now. But if this car did intend to do the same thing and did sideswipe a bicyclist, then I do think that the district attorney would charge attempted murder. Now, keep in mind, the death penalty is off the table. It is unconstitutional sure. to impose a death penalty on someone who's a juvenile. And life in prison is available, but you've got to jump through some extra hoops because of some recent court rulings to get a juvenile life in prison. Well, I listened real carefully um, after they listed out the four stolen vehicles, three of them ID'd and recovered. The fourth has not, or at least as of a couple hours ago, hadn't been recovered. And then that um, investigator who was dropping those details mentioned the attempted murder, which I thought was alarming. But I did want to ask you, after I play the soundbite from the DA, um, it's Steve Wolfson who's talking about the adult system and the machine that these two kids are in now, pending being charged as adults. Have a listen. In any criminal case, there are two phases. Phase number one is the investigation, and I want to applaud Metro for the excellent work this last five weeks or so at conducting this investigation, which culminated in the arrest of this second individual. Investigations don't stop. Uh, the investigation will continue. But now we enter into phase two, which is the prosecution of these two individuals. And that has already started down at the juvenile level and very quickly will be transferred to the adult system. Well, that sounds real uh, definitive to me, Dave. And it said two of them. Again, I don't know the age of the second one. If he's 15 or 16 or 17, I just know he's not 18. But um, I did want to ask about the passenger arrested today, the one who is in the orange balaclava videotaping and, and encouraging his friend to hit his ass. What does that mean when a murder results from this felony? Well, they'll both go down for murder and the depravity here where you have the passenger encouraging the driver. It's like giving him a gun and saying, hey, go shoot this guy. I mean, a, a, a car is like a loaded weapon. And I, well, I think what does it mean for charges? Oh, well, I think they'll both be charged with murder, both of them uh, as principals to the murder. And that's just on this one. The, the, the previous uh, bicyclists, uh, we don't know yet, but. As far as what we saw in front of us, and remember, it was the passenger who not only encouraged the driver to hit him, but then was gleeful afterwards, uh, gleeful. And then he was the one who videoed uh, it. So he was the one, obviously, who distributed it. He was proud of his work. So this is as disgusting of an incident that I have experienced, because although I've dealt with a lot of heinous crimes 
it's rare that it's caught so clearly on video and so clearly that you see the lack of remorse and even beyond that, the gleefulness, the depravity here right in front of your eyes. I do want to make a mention, Dave, of the hero kid at the school who brought it to the resource officer and told the resource officer who then shared it with Metro um, Vegas police so that they could begin their investigation. They thought it was just a hit and run, and they had no idea about this till that kid gave it to the resource officer. Dave Ehrenberg, um, let's talk again, because I think there's big news that's going to fall tomorrow. And like I said, these kids, their life is over as they know it. Very true, Ashley. These kids are being charged as adults. You heard it from the DA, and I think that's the right decision here, clearly. Dave Ehrenberg uh, joining us. He is the state attorney for Palm Beach County in Florida. Thank you, Dave. Coming up next, um, the more we learn about Tatiana Remley, that beautiful equestrian accused of putting a $2 million hit on her rich husband's head, the more we scratch our own heads. Um, we know that they had an unconventional sex life, and we know that because they were willing participants in a racy video production that featured a hedonistic Los Angeles sex club, and they were all too happy to shed their masks for it. But what did the owner of that club observe about the couple with the pet Russian names and the very specific kinks? That's next. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. For everyone from players to parents, football offers unlimited growth with even more to learn. Visit futureforfootball.com to get ahead of the game. Find out where to play, what equipment to use, and get the latest from leagues around the country, including pro tips and parental info from the experts. These resources make it easier than ever to create your plan and make your play. Antenna TV. Daytime means memories. Dennis the Menace. Bewitched. And I dream of genie. I cannot wait. Turn your TV back in time with Antenna TV. Check your cable listings. Antenna TV. I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name. But more importantly... It had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Gain Flings with 50% more freshness ingredients versus leading bargain detergent. It's happening. You ready for this? The biggest names in golf. We're coming. In the hottest new place to see sports. Live Golf on the CW. Welcome to the party. Live Golf is in full swing. Rock solid. Catch all the action. What a shot! The biggest names in golf. Watch live coverage of Live Golf, the CW. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the Go. I'm Leland Vittert. 
This is America's fastest-growing cable news network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time As in, spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave Dad, you're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Ashley Banfield and Chris Cuomo on America's fastest-growing cable news network, News Nation. The viewer seems to have been lost in the shuffle of cable news lately. They don't want a team sport. They want the full picture. The appetite is greater than it has ever been for perspective, for understanding, and for information that they can not just trust, but use. See why more people are turning to News Nation, news for all America. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Thanks to generous community support, Wounded Warrior Project has helped post-9-11 veterans and their families since 2003. Through no-cost physical and mental health services, legislative advocacy, career assistance, and life skill training, we're there every step of the journey. It's possible to feel understood. To get support when it's needed most. And now I know anything is possible. And we're just getting started. Learn more at woundedwarriorproject.org slash possible. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. million dollars to off a rich lady's husband. That is quite a payday for whomever does it, assuming that nobody gets caught. But Tatiana Remley got caught, caught up in a sting, offering all that money to take out her husband at 12 years. Mark Remley, that's what the police say. Uh, The reporting is that Mark got wind of it, of the plot. And then she was busted at a California Starbucks because the hitman that she was allegedly trying to hire wasn't a hitman. He was an undercover cop. So now this beauty is charged with solicitation of murder, among other things. And um, the more the rest of us learn about the life that this couple led before it all got so sour, the harder it is to pick our jaws up off the floor, <clears throat> especially if you are church going. Uh, Mark, it seems, gave Tatiana the world as her oyster. Look at the pictures. That's a Ferrari under that banner. <laughs> Car buffs will know. They don't even need to see the logo. Uh, there were multi-million dollar equestrian shows that failed. Uh, a cycling studio, a polo team, a um, couple of mansions, three Rolls Royces. Super nice spread in Hawaii. The man was worth tens of millions of dollars that his parents gave him an inheritance. And he had no problem spending it on his pretty wife, Tatiana. But beyond the money... It sounds like their life was super sexy, too. On Friday, we showed you a documentary series from 2017 that features Mark and Tatiana prominently enjoying themselves at a members-only sex club called Sanctum. Um, Do you remember the one that we aired on Friday? Let me refresh your memory. Uh, Here is why they say they joined. Take a look. 
Dame has created something here, which is, is an opportunity for people to open their minds. I'm all about pushing limits, and we're going to follow Sanctum, and we're going to go to where it goes and just pursue it and enjoy it and enjoy life and pursue ourselves and our love and our romance and our sexuality. Okay, so Tatiana really leaned into the lifestyle super hard, and she uh, particularly loved the bunnies at this one particular party. Take a look. The bunnies were beautiful. They're sensuous. There's something enticing about their, their energy. It draws me to them. I cannot stop myself. Like all the taboos of this world and everything just dissolved in their energy. They're so beautiful. Sex is probably the biggest part of our life. Yes. Sex is the center of our universe. And everything we derive around it revolves around it. Correct. And in the beginning of our relationship, we weren't into this uh, lifestyle. But as time grew on and our sexuality grew together, we opened up to this type of experience. And Sanctum made it all that much of me more amazing. Okay. We had to blur some stuff out of there. Sorry. Uh, joining me now is the founder of that elite sex club called Sanctum. His name's Damon Lawner. He was featured prominently in the Showtime documentary series as well. Hello, Damon. I'm glad to have you on. I watched that feature, and I was really taken by it. I'm a bit prurient, but um, I'm not a total, um, you know what. Anyway, I had to ask you about your impressions of this couple. What did you think about Mark and Tatiana Remley, who were better known at your club as, I think, Vladimir and Ileana? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's really nice to be invited. And <clears throat> I don't really talk to a lot of people about what I'm up to these days, but I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that after. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. And, and hello to your audience. And I hope everyone's feeling good tonight and is feeling some love and some good energy because there's a lot of crazy stuff in this world. But, um, yeah, you know, he was a... You know, I, I ran Sanctum. I started in 2013 and sold it in 2019. And, um, you know, he was one of the kind of typical members that would get going there, you know, very, very wealthy, um, you know, looking for something. They were all kind of searching for something. And she was she was an interesting one, you know. She was very gung-ho about it all and, like, kind of overly, I don't know how to say, like overly emotional, almost like like I wonder if it was real. What, you know, she came off as a character that maybe wasn't authentic. And, um, you know, I can't believe what happened. Thank God uh, he didn't get killed and, and, you know, they stopped that from happening. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know them personally. I didn't socialize personally with many of my members. But, um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's okay. And, boy... She was definitely... Uh, that had to be jarring. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine learning... I mean, I learned of it, and I was uh, floored, and you knew them, and they were members of the club. Did you ever see any cracks in their marriage? Anything that would give you a clue where you now looking back, okay, well, maybe there were some signs and flags? You know, not really. I think that... She they seem to be really happy with what was going on and each other and really excited about this experience. You know, they, they seemed, I mean, they seemed really into it. It's just that, you know, she just didn't seem like an authentic character. You know, she seemed a little bit fake and, uh, you know, I've been doing this a while and I've been dealing with people like this a long time and 
have a pretty good sense of character at this point. Um, yeah, she just, there was something off about her for sure. But, you know, I don't think he saw it. You know, I think he was in love with her. I think he really cared for her. Whatever she was pulling, I don't, I don't think he was aware of it. You know, obviously, I mean, <laughs> wow. I'll tell you what, but, um, I watched yeah. the doc. I thought there was going to be a part two, like, because they took their masks off, which first of all shocked me. I thought everybody wanted to be really anonymous because it was so kinky, but they took their masks off. So I kind of thought, well, that'll be, a, uh, you know, that'll spearhead a, another round of it. But you sold Sanctum in 2019. Um, what's, I, this is unrelated to, to Mark and uh, Tatiana, but I am really curious about what your next venture is, if it's something yeah, similar. I mean, you know, I, when I went into that business, it was really in 2013, there was nothing like it. And I, I really intended to kind of spiritualize sexuality and make this place of real love and connection. But, you know, it turned out that the people that I, you know, had in and, and the, the level of wealth and power and just kind of privilege it didn't, it, my, my dream wasn't realized, you know, and by 2019, I was just done. I just didn't want to be there anymore. And I was making a lot of money and, you know, I was living a fabulous lifestyle and all that. But at the end of the day, like if you don't have real love and connection, I don't think you have anything. So also, you know, I'm, I'm fairly normal, believe it or not. I was in a 20 year monogamous relationship before I started this and I'd never been to a sex club, you know, and, and, uh, you know, needless to say, I, I decided to really explore an adventure there, and I did, and, and I'm glad I did. You know, I learned so much about my own sexuality myself, but, you know, more so is, recently... is your I, new club all about connecting and less about kinky sex? Yeah, that, well, that's, that's what I'm attempting to do. You know, we're, we're going to open next month. It's invite only. Um, there'll be a website, but it'll be password protected. You have to kind of know someone within it to get into it, but um, we're going to be real careful. You know, I, I don't... Um, I'm not in a position, I have a wonderful investor, a woman who's a beautiful person, what a great person, and she wants to do this with me and wants to create a club like this, where instead of just people coming to, like, you know, do their thing, people really connect. And, um, and I think it's attainable. So, um, yeah, we're going to be real careful about who we let in and, and make sure we do it right this time. You know, I, I don't, like I said, because of her, I don't have any money concerns. So I can be real selective. And, you know, another thing that I'll show you guys if you want to see is that um, I, you know, many years ago as I began to to realize more about this thing where where the connection of sexuality elevates it. It's not moral. I'm not saying it from a moral standpoint. It just literally when you have love and sex together, it just feels better, you know. And um, and I started actually smoking weed and like finding this incredible enhancing quality. So, OK, here's I'm going to no one's ever seen this before. So I started this thing, and it's called Sex Weed. Oh, my and heavens. How about that? Just, this is literally... <laughs> David, you like it? You're just amazing. Uh, here we are. We're going to talk about this, like this murder for hire. And I could like sit here and talk to you for two hours about all your business ventures and where your head is. You'll have to come back again. Will you do that? Uh, not only would I love to, but I want to say thank you again. And, and just to your audience, a lot. there's so much negativity out there right now. Just try to find love in your heart love for your fellow person, you know, like we don't all have to fight about all this stupid stuff all the time. So just, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to, to get out into the world. So thank you so much for having me on. I, I really that. appreciate it. Thank you. Damon Lawner. It was uh, the pleasure was mine. I can't believe I said those words to you, but it was okay. Thank, thank you, you, Damon. We'll talk thank soon. You.
All right, I have other stuff on the agenda still to come. This one is probably something Damon was talking about, all the awfulness out there. A family of four shot to death in their home. All three of their dogs shot too. At first they thought it was a murder-suicide, and guess what? It wasn't. Police now say the killer was not among the victims and is instead on the loose. We've got an update on the manhunt tonight. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. You know, I am not going to lie here. At first, it really did seem like it was a murder-suicide, like a family tragedy of epic proportions. A dad, a mom, their two little kids, and the family's three puppy dogs, all of them shot to death on Sunday inside their home. This happened in Romeoville, Illinois. And if you're wondering, it's just southwest of Chicago. Look at this tape. Look at this peaceful neighborhood. The first impression that this was a murder-suicide, well, that was really, really wrong. And now the police are in a desperate race to catch a family annihilator. The IDs of all the victims just released 38-year-old Alberto Roland and his wife, 32-year-old Zoraida Bortolomé. Uh, IDs of the little kids still being withheld, understandably. Police went to the home. Uh, they had a wellness check, right? Because... One of the adults didn't show up for work that morning and didn't respond to phone calls all day, so police came and checked. They say that the family had only just recently moved to that neighborhood, like in the spring, and because the bodies were discovered more than 18 hours after they estimate they were shot, they don't think the killer is still in the area. I'm curious about that, though. Joined by someone who knows a lot about tracking down bad guys who are on the run, Joel Lambert is a former Navy SEAL and the host of the Discovery Show Manhunt. Why would the police say they don't think he's still in the area because he had an 18-hour, you know, head start? I, I've seen plenty of manhunts where, you know, the guy like Cavalcante was just a couple miles away. Absolutely. But the more distance you can put between uh, the whole thing in tracking and in manhunts is the time-distance relationship, Ashley. How much time and how much distance there is between you and who it is that you're trying to take down. So, immediately the, the most important thing for someone who's trying to get away to do would be to put as much distance between them and what we call getting off the X, the X being the point of impact where the ambush was, where the crime was committed, whatever dynamic event went down, you want to get as far away from that as possible, as quickly as possible, put as much distance as you can. Obviously, um, you know, not factoring in known associates, family members, um, the house I grew up in, places like that. But boy, I hope they catch this guy soon. 
Boy, do I, too. And we don't know if it's guy or guys at this point. I wish yeah. I were a fly on the wall when those uniformed officers actually went in. And I think you probably know a lot more than I would know. What are they looking at inside at the murder scene to give them the clues they need for tracking? Um, I honestly wouldn't know anything that's been that's all law enforcement. But anything that the killer might have left, um, the, the perpetrator might have left that will have scent on it. Obviously, with our Cavalcante guy, having the dogs involved is a huge, huge uh, asset for law enforcement. So if they're able to find anything that, that had scent or had DNA or had something else on it, obviously, that's going to help them. Um, narrow down and identify who this is that they're going after. But besides that, I, I really wouldn't know. Well, when, you, when you're tracking someone or doing a manhunt, what you're trying to do is get as much information about them as possible, who they are, what they're good at, what they're comfortable with, what they're used to, who do they associate with, all those things. Because as you're tracking someone, half of it is tactics, you know, following the trail from whatever spore to whatever spore, but also the other half of it, is strategic thinking. Where would this guy go? What would this guy do? When faced with these choices, what would he choose? And the better you're able to answer those questions, the better you're able to make the right guesses when you're forced with some fork in the road. I hope that he wasn't or they weren't surgical in this killing and left lots of clues behind. Uh, Joel Lambert, thank you. Thanks for the wisdom. Appreciate it. Let's touch base when we hear more about this. And because Joel's my guest tonight, I want to actually give you another update on a manhunt that we've been following closely. And we've been watching the pictures that have come in. The search for the accused murderer named Christopher Haynes. He's in the D.C. area. This is his mug. Okay, He escaped from George Washington University Hospital September 6th. And there have been a lot of sightings in the area, including the video that we found of him creeping around in the backyard. Police now believe actually someone is helping him. Uh, the video is great. Look at this. You can see in the spot shadow, he's still got the cuffs on his left hand because he feigned an ankle injury. And when they took him to the hospital for his ankle injury after he was arrested, he overpowered the guards that were changing his cuffs and took off with that left one still on his arm. You can see he doesn't have any shoes there. I'll bet he's stolen some up until now. $30,000 reward offered for tips that lead to his capture. Here's the description. Blackmail, uh, shoulder-length dreadlocks, six feet tall, about 205 in the pounds division. Washington Nationals tattoo on his neck. That's a giveaway. Washington National tattoo on his neck. Anyone with information, contact police 202-727-9099. You can take a screenshot of our, um, of our uh, screen right now and you can use that number. You can also text tips to 50411. <clears throat> Mostly you can remain anonymous. That's important. Still to come, two models found dead, two days and one mile apart. Fancy downtown L.A. apartments. So far, only one death is being called a homicide, but the young woman's families are fearing that a serial killer could be on the loose and they're worried he could strike again. Stories next. So there's something really kind of weird and sinister happening in L.A. right now in these fancy high-rise apartments just like a couple miles away from each other. Two really beautiful models found dead. And it is weird how similar they are, the stories. I want to bring in uh, Senior National Correspondent Brian Enton, who's been following this story. It, it doesn't, I mean, it's really a creepy, creepy story, especially how police are treating one of the models as opposed to the case of the other model. Can you bring me up to speed on it? 
Yeah, actually, these are two beautiful uh, models in their early 30s. The entire community, modeling community in L.A. right now is totally freaked out over what is going on since these two very mysterious and disturbing deaths. And they were actually only 0.8 miles apart from each other, not even a mile, Ashley. Both of them lived in these luxurious apartment buildings in L.A., uh, 31-year-old Melissa Mooney, that one has been ruled a homicide. And then there's 30-year-old, uh, 32-year-old Nicole Coates. Um, Coates was found dead first. You see the beautiful uh, apartment building here. Two days later um, is when they found Mooney. Again, just eight, uh, 0.8 miles apart. Coates found, according to her family, in a bloody scene in a, quote, unrecognizable state um, very strange uh, circumstances. Her family says there was a leg. One of her legs was up in the air, uh, sort of in a kicking position. They say it doesn't make any sense how much blood there was, why they're not ruling it a homicide at this point. Um, and that two days earlier she had been on a date and then she suddenly stopped responding to uh, text messages. So a lot of concern here. Uh, Nicole Coates' mom spoke to our affiliate um, in L.A. I want you to, to hear what she had to say. She's very worried. My daughter is gone. It is not fair. I want everybody to find out who did this to her. So um, right now, police are only calling these active investigations. They're only calling the one, Melissa Mooney, uh, a homicide at this point. The families really think this could be a serial killer, Ashley. They've been saying that for the last couple of days. They think these two cases are connected again because just two days apart, both popular models, both very popular on social media. Um, but uh, police were clear today at a press conference that right now they are treating both cases uh, totally separately. I feel like there should be like an APB or something or a warning saying, you know, sent out to at least models in that area of L.A. that these two, uh, maybe they will end up being unrelated. But real quickly, I got about um, 40 seconds left. What's the social media reaction? Because uh, they were big. They had big followers. They had big followings. And that's one thing that um, that the family keeps bringing up is that maybe this is somehow connected to social media. Maybe it was someone who knew both of them through social media because they both were so popular uh, on Instagram and on, on some other apps, too. Uh, but but the parents are really frustrated with the police. I mean, they feel like especially the fact that um, Nicole Coates still is just being called a suspicious death. They say it doesn't weird. make any sense, it's weird. especially when the face was unrecognizable. Um, so this this is definitely one we're going to have to watch really closely, Ashley. Well, I know you're the guy to do it, Brian Enton. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Thanks. I hope you feel better, Ashley. Anybody who has information, by the way, uh, call the L.A. County Police Department, 213-996-4150. Again, 213-996-4150. You can see it on the screen. Take a picture. And if you've got a tip, help, please. Still to come. When a murderer kills a murderer few things come to mind eh, he got what he deserves eye for an eye jailhouse justice but how do you suppose the families of the dead killers victims feel about it are they happy to be rid of him or do they feel like he cheated because he didn't spend the rest of his life rotting in prison the texas case of the murderer murdered by a murderer imagine the cellmate he got that's next
I am not going to lie here. Uh, it is hard to feel sorry for a murderer when he himself is murdered. <clears throat> Going out on a limb. <clears throat> it's also hard to feel sorry for a serial killer who gets a cellmate that wants to kill him. But that is where we seem to be in Texas. Billy Shamir Mir, uh, convicted of killing two elderly women in Texas, but accused of killing 20 more, stealing their jewelry. How about that? He was found dead in a cell this morning uh, where he was serving two life sentences. The officials say that his cellmate killed him, but they have not said how, and they have not released the cellmate's name. Uh, Shamir Mir worked as a home health aide in the Dallas area. He preyed on his victims, the elderly, stealing jewelry, making it look like they died of natural causes. But he was caught. He was caught because... He picked the wrong victim, a 91-year-old woman. She survived this beast, and she was able to describe the attack in 2018. And about his death, the daughter of one of the victims said, my mother died in fear. This man did not have a peaceful passing. There's some relief in feeling that he didn't get off easily. Prison says it's still investigating. Thanks, everyone. See you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Chris Cuomo. It is Tuesday. We're this is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.